evidence of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Amen. Hallelujah. For your consideration once again this morning from the Courageous Faith series. This is Faith in Action, part five. Hallelujah. God is so good and he is certainly worthy of all of our praises. I have enjoyed everything that I've seen and heard and felt on this morning. The Lord is good. Amen. Worthy of all of our praises. Faith in action. Question for you this morning. Do you have enough faith? Hallelujah. Well, you know what? I, I, well, that is highly unusual because posing that, 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 that question to, to, to most believers, to most Christians, uh, uh, they would certainly come out with the answer being no. Well, hallelujah. But uh, here it is. Now, I, I don't want you to get in a tizzy on this morning, as we would say. Don't get yourself all stressed out or, or try to figure out if, if, if the correct answer is yes or no. All right? Because actually, there really is no right answer. All of us can use more faith. But the point of that question is so that we would be able to respond honestly and, and, and take inventory of where, of where you are in your faith walk with the Lord. That is important for us. All right. So now if you said yes, you know, that's okay. If you said no, that's okay. All right. Hallelujah. Faith. The Bible is so clear because everything that we do in the kingdom of God is based on our faith. Amen. Hallelujah. So important. But then there's something else that goes along with faith. It says in the book of Romans, uh, and we, we, we'll go there in just a moment or two, and if, if we have that scripture available, uh, all is well. And if we don't, then we'll just take a look at that and, 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 and read that. But the Bible does tell us that, that uh, if you will, the promise comes by faith. Everything that God promises and has promised to us, it all comes by faith. All right. Important thing. The promise or the vision, it comes by faith. And here it is. Faith is the midwife of vision. That which you can see. All right? And I want you to hear what the Apostle Paul says here in the book of Romans, chapter 4, uh, verse 16 in the Message Bible. This is why the fulfillment of God's promise depends entirely on trusting God and his way. And then simply embracing him in what he does. God's promise arrives as pure gift. That's the only way everyone can be sure to get in on it those who keep the religious traditions, and those who have never heard of them. For Abraham is father of us all. He is not our racial father. That's reading the story backwards. He is our faith father. The promise, the promise, the promises of God, the promise of God comes. Where does it come from? Where does that promise come from? It comes from heaven to us here in the earth. And that's an excellent scripture. And I want you to really write that scripture down here in Romans chapter 4. So it comes from where? It comes from heaven down here to earth. So the promise comes. 
So how does the promise come? What is that avenue? What does that mean? What is that vehicle that brings the promise from heaven down here into the earth, people of God? What is that vehicle? Well, the promise, it comes by faith. Faith brings the promise out of heaven, and it makes it a reality in this earth, in the earth, or on the earth. So then, watch this, so when God put promise in you, when he put that in you, faith is the process by which that promise is realized in circumstances of the earth. And again, the promises come by faith. You know, even for so many people of God, they, they get unsettled by not knowing what their next step is, what God's will and God's purpose is, God's plan is for their lives. And sometimes we get anxious when we can only see a step in front of us. You know, just, just one step, okay? But you know what? That's by deliberate design. Now, let me give you an example of that, and I'm going to give you, you know, just an experience that I had in life. Once when I was driving on an unfamiliar and a poorly lit road at night in a dense fog, I could only see the road that was in front of me just a few feet ahead. And my only hope was to keep moving in that light that I already had. And so knowing that I, as I moved, the light would reveal just a little bit more of the patch of road in front of me. So the only way to know what the next step would be was to take the step in front of me. But every now and then, another car would, it would come in front of me and, and then I could see that patch of my lights that were illuminated and a little bit of the patch of the next car's lights that were illuminated as well. So then, when someone is in front of me, I could imitate him and see a little more. Are yeah. oh, you with me so far? But when, but even then, the only portion, the option, the only option that I had was to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as I drove in that dense fog, you know, the situation had forced me to be alert and to be focused. Don't look to the left or don't look to the right, but, but, but look at that which is in front of you. But that's unusual because usually... You know, my mind would be wandering and, and, and thinking about a thousand other things. But you know what? That is exactly how God has engineered faith to work for us, people of God. So there's a message in that. Faith forces us to move forward. Yeah. It, 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 it's always moving towards its goal. And you can only know that it is forward because God says it's forward. So when I was driving in that fog, because of my perspective, was narrowed to what I could see in front of me. And even in that time, I often felt as though I was going backwards just because of perception. But as you move forward in your faith, even forward steps to you might sometimes feel backwards. Now, we're going somewhere here. So, so, so our faith is an expression of obedience. And it is expressed in our obedience to God. Okay. And then after we are obedient when it comes to the things of God, the manifestation of the promises will occur in our lives. 
Now, I'm going to say that again because I want you to understand this pattern that I'm talking about here today. Faith is expressed in obedience, and after the obedience, the manifestation of the promise occurs. That's what we would call the pattern. But I want to tell you here this morning that your faith has an enemy. And your enemy is continuously working against your faith. But he can only defeat you if he can discourage you. But the good news of that is he is not in charge. The enemy may think he's in charge, but guess what? He's not. Everybody say, oh, yeah. Yeah, there may even be times when you may think that you're not even growing in your faith. But in reality, people of God, faith is growing on the inside of you. Your enemy is part of God's plan for growing faith in you. Yeah, that seems kind of strange. Mm -hmm. But everything your enemy tries can backfire on him, and it can cause you to deepen in your faith and be strengthened in your faith. That's what God uses him for. So don't let your enemy convince you that he has power over you because he doesn't. He only has the illusion of power. It's an illusion of power. He postures and he lies and he deceives and he tries to confuse you. He wants to entice you or bully you out of your realm of faith into the realm of fear and feelings. Because he knows that if you're in fear, you can be paralyzed because fear is false evidence appearing real. All right, He knows if he can get you to be governed by your feelings, he knows that your feelings are fickle and one day you're going to be up and the next day you're going to be down. But he wants you to compromise so that you will only half obey God. Let me talk about Moses here just, just, just for a minute. Uh, Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. How did he do that? He did that by following God's voice. All right? And the children of Israel, they found themselves in a very impossible situation. And as they were camped by the Red Sea, they looked up to see Pharaoh's army who was advancing toward them. So looking at that situation in the material realm, they could see no escape. But Moses, however, and thank God for Moses, he wasn't looking at the material realm. For the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27, and I'm going to paraphrase this for you, it says that he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Now, here's the key. Moses, he had spiritual vision. You can't look at your situation and circumstances. As negative as they may be, uh, you know, you, you, you can't look at those things. You are going to have to look at him who is invisible with your spiritual vision, people of God. So when you read in Exodus chapter 14, verses 1 through verses 12, and just write these scriptures down. We won't have time to look at them today. When you read in those scriptures, you'll see that God was leading the Israelites into this seemingly impossible situation. But it was for a definite purpose. Sometimes you will find yourself, now notice I did not say that God will lead you into 
impossible situations at times. But I'm saying sometimes you will find yourself in impossible situations, but it will always be for a definite purpose. Now watch what, what Moses said. He said in Exodus chapter 14, verse 4, in the paraphrase, he said, I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Even in the midst of your impossible situation, if you will just keep your faith in action, your enemies will know, hallelujah, that God is with you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. God already had a plan for the children of Israel. He already had a plan for Moses. He knew that what he wanted to do was to save Israel. And God had already planned to open the Red Sea and let Israel cross over on dry land. However, now here's the important part here. However, he didn't just do that. He said to Moses, he said, raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. So what did Moses do? He obeyed God. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and all that night, the Lord drove the sea back. And what do you think he did? He turned it into dry land. So what turned the sea back and turned it into dry ground? It wasn't Moses' staff because Moses' staff had no power. God drove the sea back, watch this, because Moses obeyed the present tense voice of our Heavenly Father. So when he exercised his faith, the power and the provision of God showed up on the earth. Yes. Moses' faith-based obedience through the fulfillment, it brought fulfillment of the promise of God in his life. Yes. That promise came to him by faith. Yes. We hear all the time now, faith-based initiatives, faith-based giving, faith-based programs and all of those things. But all of us must have faith-based obedience to almighty God because when you exercise or use your faith the power and the provision of God will show up and show out in your life too glory be to God hallelujah yeah do I need to say it again now I'm not going to say it again but faith <laughs> faith is the act of believing and trusting and relying upon God Faith is the identifying mark of every believer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. That was the, 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 the work of those in, in, in the early church. It was their duty to believe. That's why they were called believers. But all success, even for us today, success in our Christian life is measured by faith. Because the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. Right? The writer did not say, he didn't say that uh, uh, without faith it is difficult to please God. He said it is impossible to please God. You cannot please God without faith whatsoever. It is by faith that things possible to God become possible to men, to you and I. Because with God, all things are possible to us because we believe. Amen. So unless we step out by faith and get our feet wet, 
We're not likely to make much progress in living for Jesus and even serving him on a daily basis. Hallelujah. So now, here we go. We're into the message now. So we've got to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. If we walk by sight, by what we see, then every obstacle that confronts you will stop you dead in your tracks. It's amazing some of the minuscule, myopic, little small things that will stop even the people of God in, in their tracks. Some little minuscule, myopic, little four-legged thing running around and crawling around is enough. The, sin, the, average, the average saint of God over the edge. Yeah. Problems and difficulties and temptations and trials that we see lying ahead of us will be able to defeat you if you are not walking by faith. So that's why we need to walk by faith, trusting God to give us the power that we need to conquer those obstacles and to overcome them. So then if we truly trust God, he'll show us the way to overcome obstacles and barriers. He'll show us the way to conquer temptations and trials, no matter what confronts us, no matter what or how terrible things may be, no matter how fearful you can be in the midst of situations and circumstances, God will give you the power and the strength to overcome it. Why? Because we are already more than conquerors through him who loves us. But there is one condition. We must walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Faith is an idol, people of God. Faith works while it waits. Now I want you to write that down. Faith is not idle, I-D-L-E, idle. It works while it waits. Receiving what God has promised requires obedience. So we can't expect God to fulfill his promise if we don't fulfill his will. Mm. Hallelujah. You see the connection there? That's an important principle. Faith is not man's way of getting his will done in heaven. It's God's way of getting his will done on this earth. That's why faith is so important. Biblical faith is a gift from God. And God won't, won't grant us faith to believe something that is contrary to his will. We heard that earlier. I believe we heard that uh, in an opportunity for prosperity during our, our time of giving on this morning. All right? God won't grant us faith to believe something that is contrary to his will. So the point is, we're not trying to get God to believe in us. But he wants us to believe in him. And we're trying to get God to cooperate with our plan when he wants us to cooperate with his plan for our lives. Right. <laughs> Faith doesn't pull God over to our side. You know, we all have friends and sometimes, you know, when we need a little, a, a little support, and I'm not talking about financial support, but just some, some support and some encouragement when it comes to the things of God, and you'll go and you'll share that with a friend just to try to get them to see things your way. But it's not like that with God. God has not said, if you have enough faith, I'll do whatever you want me to do. What he has said is, if you put your faith in me, 
then I will enable you to do whatever I want you to do. Mm, hallelujah. It's not a name and claim it. If you got enough faith, yeah, you can, you, can, you can just tell me, and I'll do whatever you want me to do. No. It's the other way around, people of God. But a step of faith is a requirement for a man or a woman to be used by God. Now, we looked at this scripture before, and I, we're going to revisit this again today. In the book of Joshua, chapter 3, verse 15, and this is the account of, of Israel as they uh, were about to cross the Jordan River. So the Israelites needed to cross over the Jordan River. And God told Joshua, he said to Joshua, tell the priest who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan River's waters, go and stand in the river. And as they were bearing the ark, and they were coming to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests that were bearing the ark were dipped in the brim or the edge of the water, for the Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of the harvest. But then there was something supernatural happened. Whenever we obey God, people of God, supernatural things begin to happen. The supernatural thing happened when they reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge. And all that water that was coming from flowing from upstream, it stopped flowing. So their faith and obedience to God released the power of the provisions of God in their life. Mm. Let me say that again. Their faith and obedience to God released the power and the provision of God in their life. And I believe even today, that God is looking for those who will come to the Jordan and get their feet wet. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. He wants the people that will, that will stick their toes in, who will get in knee deep, ankle deep, waist deep, get fully submerged in the water. Unless we step out by faith and get our feet wet, we're not likely to make much progress in living for Jesus and serving him, people of God. We heard that from Pastor Dora. A little earlier this morning. We got to be willing to get our feet wet yes. and step out in faith yes. and begin living for Jesus and serving him this morning. Hallelujah. We should always be moving from where God says we can have something or we can do something or we can become something that we saw in the word of God and stand on that until we see it come to pass in our lives. Glory be to God. We should always be looking for what God said to come to pass. Now, here you are, standing at the bank of the Jordan River. Are you going to say, Lord, here I am, Lord. I'm right near the edge, just like you told me to be right here near the edge. I'm just, just, just now, 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 Lord, I, 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 I know that this ark is important to you. I, I, I know that and I realize that. And Lord, you, you, you don't want to see it get dropped into this dirty, nasty, filthy Jordan River and get carried downstream, do you, Lord? Do you hear me, Lord? So, Lord, if you hear me, if you hear me, so in order for me to help you protect your good name and, and your sterling reputation, whenever you part the water, I'll be thrilled to go across to the other side. So here I am, Lord, your humble, willing 
servant of faith, ready to serve you on the spot, Lord. In our foundation scripture here in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 6, does it not say, but without faith, it is impossible to please him? Well, you may be thinking right now that why does God take me to the edge of the Jordan and tell me to put my foot in and risk my looking like a fool or the Ark of the Covenant floating down the river? I just don't get it, Lord. Well, let me tell you, if you're a person of faith, you may not ever get what God wants you to do. Just believe it, obey it, and act on it, people of God. It is your obedience to the voice of God that will release the power and provision of God in your life too. Just like it did for Moses and the children of Israel. Just like it did for Joshua and the children of Israel and the priests when they were standing there on the banks of the Jordan River. We can't expect God to fulfill his promise if we don't fulfill his will. I said that before. Now God will never say I'm going to put you to the test just because he wants to see you sweat. The devil will try to do that to you. So now, let's see if you step in or not. Knowing that the Lord is right there with you. Our Heavenly Father, God has no joy in seeing, seeing any of his children agonize at the edge of the Jordan River or agonize in whatever situation or circumstance you may be going through. If his commands are causing you torment and agony, it's because you yet need to become more of a believer and have more faith in what he called you to do. You need to be the one who is yet able to see the invisible and know that all things are possible to you if you will believe him. After all, it's who you are in the arena of faith that will affect how the Lord will bless you. Mm. And it's also who you are and what you are in the arena of faith and how you act in the arena of faith. That determines how God is going to use you from now on. So I think it's time for us to stand up strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. And say, Lord, whatever you tell me to do by faith, I am going to put my faith in action. And you know what? The Lord will use you for supernatural, miraculous things. But anybody in his right mind would say, okay, Lord, this is a stretch for me. I'm, I'm a little shaky right now. I'm a little uneasy and I'm uncomfortable. But because you told me to do it, Lord bless God, I am going to trust you. And you know what? The Lord will take you as far as you want to go if you just trust him. Hallelujah. And if you choose to take one baby step and stop, guess what? God is still going to love you because his love for you is not based on anything that you do or anything you don't do. But if you choose to walk by faith, he'll be with you every step of the way. So it's going to be up to you to put your faith into action, people of God. Hallelujah. Here in the 11th chapter here of, of, of Hebrews, and it tells us uh, in verses 17 through verses 19, it, it, it tells us about Abraham. And it talks about the supreme act of Abraham. It was an act of faith. 
And when we read in this particular account of Abraham and in his son Isaac, this is a picture of sacrificial faith, people of God. And that's what God demands for every man and woman of faith. A sacrificial act of faith. And Abraham's faith was that he obeyed God regardless of the cost. Abraham's act was the act of supreme faith. Are you willing to obey God regardless of the cost? Well, Lord, I, 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 I don't mind doing it halfway, but uh, I, Lord, I don't mind doing it 99% of the time, but Lord, 100%, Lord, after all, I, I've got a life I need to live too, Lord. God commanded Abraham to take Isaac and to offer him up as a sacrifice to him. So what was God doing? What God was doing was he was proving the faith of Abraham in the most supreme way possible. God was also teaching us that we must trust him to the ultimate degree as well. Are you willing to sacrifice the thing that you love the most and hold dearest to your heart? Do you love God supremely? Do you love God and his promises above everything else? Because God is not going to accept second best and divided loyalties from anybody. He de demands and wants to be first in the life of every child of God and every person on this earth. And a person either puts him first or else he is unacceptable to God. And he misses out on the promises of God. Just as Abraham knew that God could not fulfill his promises to him without Isaac, you need to know that God cannot fulfill his promises to you without your faith. He needs your faith. He needs your trust. He needs you to cooperate with him through acts of obedience and faith. Abraham, he counted. God trustworthy. That means he counted God to be true and faithful to his promise. So all of that being said, Abraham, he put his faith into action and he stepped out to follow God. Abraham loved God supremely. And Abraham put God above everything else. Even above the person whom he loved the most. And because of all of that, because Abraham put his faith into action, Abraham's reward was deliverance, people of God. He saw his son delivered from the dead. And so the idea of this is that Isaac was as good as dead in Abraham's mind. And Abraham was totally committed to sacrifice Isaac. He was totally committed to love God and his word supremely. But you know what? That was enough for God, being totally committed to loving him. And because he was totally committed to being obedient to God and supremely worshiping him and following after him, God had his answer. Abraham believed God and loved him above the most dear thing on this earth. So when God stopped that judgment upon Isaac, it was like a resurrection from the dead. Yeah. 
So now here's the point. The point is this. The point is this. We must trust God supremely. Love and trust him above everyone and everything else. We must believe God even when we can't understand the ways and the commands of God. When God calls, this is what you have to do. Make the decision to respond in obedience to his present tense voice. Here we go. God is spotlighting your life right now. Holding you out as proof of his love, his goodness, and his favor to everybody that's around you. So the spotlight is on you. But you have to listen to God's present tense voice. Obey him. Stand for him. Expect him to do what everyone else thinks is impossible. And put your faith into action. And you will have provided God the opportunity to show his power on earth through you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to support this ministry, consider giving online. Text keyword RWOLFC to 77977 or through our free app. Search RWOLFC in the App Store. For more information, visit www.rwolfc.com for articles, blog posts, message references, and our monthly calendar of events.